unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, it's so good to be back on the call with you and... I have to admit, I'm a little bit afraid, I, 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 maybe not afraid, but I'm timid, and a, I'm just going to say I'm afraid to cover what we're covering today. Well, um, you you have good reason to be, but not not from me, but maybe from other people. Let me, uh, let me ease into this with a story, and I will issue some warnings uh, for you and everyone else, Nathan. How's that? <laughs> yeah, let's... Uh, you know, let's just kind of put it out there. What are we going to be talking about today? Well, uh, I'll, I'll tell you my story. It, it, it'll make it clear. About 10 years ago, I was taking a series of seminars on how to sell from the platform when you're giving a speech. And my teacher was really good. I decided to try and figure out why he was so good. And I asked him, I said, hey, it sounds to me like what you're doing in your speaking is you take a sales letter and you make it horizontal. That is, you turn the script of the sales letter into your speech. He agreed with me and didn't tell me much more than that, but there was something bugging me. He was doing something else besides just dictating sales letters. And I realized what he was doing. He was slipping in hypnotic techniques as he spoke. Now, he certainly didn't invent these techniques, but he was using them in an expert way. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about hypnotic techniques and some of the ones he used and other ones that you can use in your copy. And and here's the little warning. I I really would urge people not to drive or operate any other heavy machinery during this course. Uh, you'll probably be fine. I'm not going to do a guided visualization or or take you deep into the depths of your unconscious mind or anything like that. But you might find your mind goes to a different place when we're talking about this. So stay safe, okay? And, and here's another way to stay safe. Listen to this. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims, and if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health and finance and business opportunity, well, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. And my larger clients do this all the time. So hypnotic language for copy, Nathan, overall overview for what we're going to do. Hypnotic language for copy is about bypassing the thinking mind, the critical mind, partially or entirely, and communicating directly with the unconscious mind in a way that doesn't disturb the conscious mind and, in fact, makes sense to the conscious mind. And everything we're going to talk about today does that. So a couple red flags go up. Number one, some people might say, oh, hypnosis is woo-woo and there's nothing to it. What would you say about that? Well, I would say that Barack Obama and Donald Trump prove you wrong. <laughs> Because both of those men used quite a bit of hypnotic languaging to get elected. And I'll step out on a limb and say both of them made promises they didn't and aren't even coming close to delivering on. 
<clears throat> but their hypnosis was so effective that the people who supported them don't seem to notice. Okay, that's number one. And and I'd also refer people to Scott Adams, the Dilbert cartoonist. He's done an excellent analysis of some of the things that Donald Trump did. Um, the The second thing is, we're not talking about getting someone to go up on a stage and quack like a duck. What most people think of when they think of hypnosis is the kind of show you see in Las Vegas. Hypnosis is what happens to you every time you watch a movie and you get really involved in the movie. Um, when you go into a flow state, that's very similar to what hypnosis is all about. Hypnosis um, is not understood in the way we're going to talk about it today, but it's happening all the time. And we're, we're not talking about making people buy something they don't want to buy. We're not talking about putting them into a deep trance. We're talking, I'll, I'll explain it as we go, but something very different. What, and what else did, came up in your mind? I'm glad you're asking that. Yeah. And that perfectly leads into my second question, which was, uh, I kind of feel like a lot of the stuff we talk about, it's not a condemnment or appraisal of the way human beings are. It's just admitting this is the way human beings think. This is the way human beings are. And it's better to work with it rather than against it. But what about the ethical? Um, if somebody does accept that this is how the brain works and it is, um, it is possible to hijack into that, what about the ethical implications of that? Well, Yes, there, there, there are serious ones, and I think that starts when you have a lemonade stand. I mean, if you have a lemonade stand and there's somebody who comes up who you know is seriously diabetic and you're going to sell them some lemonade and they're going to go into a diabetic coma, that's on you, you know? Um, so anytime you do business, anytime you persuade anyone with anything, um, you have an ethical responsibility. You know, you need to decide what that is and... All I can say is I, I want to introduce my um, one of my laws. It's called the law of the chicken. Mm, I so, haven't heard this yet. The law of the chicken is the chickens will always come home to roost. Okay. So, so if you screw people over, sooner or later, it's going to come back at you ten times harder. Okay. And and uh, so you know. I mean, you're a libertarian. I'm I'm in the same mindset. People are free to do what they want, but just understand there are consequences for everything you do, whether you know it or not, whether you see them or not. And not always immediate, but definitely there are always consequences. All right. Thanks for clearing that up, because I really thought I, I really felt like uh this subject is going to be so deep and it's so nuanced that I felt like just jumping into it without a little bit of pre-framing would have been, uh, would have been an injustice for the listener. No, I'm, I'm glad you did. I, I used to do that and I, I got past doing that. Not like I advanced past it. Like I got past the point. I realized, you know, most people are ethical and moral and a reminder is a good thing, but they're not going to do anything wrong. Some people are sociopaths and psychopaths and, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. You put them in prison and they'll operate as uh, psychopaths and sociopaths. But yes, it's, it's important to point that out for those of you who still have a moral compass. Hopefully most of you. Hopefully everyone listening to this. <laughs> All right, let's jump into it. Okay, so I'm going to talk about three things. I'm going to talk about hypnotic phrases. We're going to talk about hypnotic sentence structure. And then two even 
bigger picture hypnotic techniques that go beyond phrases and sentences. Okay. All right. And these are ordinary words, but they're used in a very special way. Here's an important thing to understand. And this is the way it is. There are a lot of philosophers and psychologists and religious people who have all kinds of nice theories that it shouldn't be this way. And I think the difference between should and is is very important. Um, the unconscious mind in all cultures is looking for causality. What makes something else happen? If I um, put 75 cents in the Coke machine, a Coke comes out. Um, if I put on my brake, my car slows down or stops. You know, if I do this, if you do this, if someone does this, then something else happens. The unconscious mind is constantly looking for rules like that. Of all people, of all political beliefs, at all levels of education, both genders, or maybe there's more than two these days. I haven't quite figured that one out yet. <laughs> um, everybody. I mean, they're they're looking for reasons. And so what these uh, things we're going to talk about do is they will attribute reasons that a person is looking for. And as a result, it will help them become more confident. Now, you say, are these reasons true or not? Well, I don't know, but I'm not sure any of us really knows. You know, uh, we think we do, and we have all kinds of science and logic, but sometimes there are forces acting that we can't measure with our senses. Anyway, maybe, maybe, maybe not, but let me just show you uh, these things, and I think you'll see what I mean. The first one is the word because, and if... Anyone here, Nathan, if you've read Robert Cialdini's book, Influence, you might recognize this one. But it's it's also hypnotic. Um, so I'm going to give you a sentence, and then I'm going to give you the same sentence using this hypnotic technique. Now, this is not a kind of technique that throws someone in the trance. This is the kind of technique that will influence the unconscious mind in a way that makes a person more likely to believe. Okay? Mm -hmm. So here's the, uh, here's the ordinary statement. The ordinary statement is, you'll really enjoy this new course. Okay. Yeah, it's a prediction, it's a claim, it's a promise. And when we add the word because and a sentence afterwards, just notice how you respond to it. Nathan, you notice as, as I'm reading to you, okay? You'll really enjoy this new course because you'll find it easy to do things that used to be hard for you to do or impossible. Did you notice any difference? Yeah, it gave me, it wasn't just a claim, it gave me a reason to believe it. And did you feel more likely to believe it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And just because you gave the because. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting. You have no idea what course I'm talking about, right? Um, well, in the background of my mind, I have a couple of ideas. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So this actually planted some hypnotic suggestions in your imagination. You did a little trans derivational search there. Okay, so that's one because. Now, can I add something real quick? Of course. Uh, that word actually 
even has more power because you mentioned uh, Cialdini's book. They were talking about a study that they did where they asked people to cut in line. And when someone said, can I cut in line? People would often tell them no. But if they added because, and it didn't have to be because I'm in a hurry. Sometimes it was just because I'd like to cut in line or because I'd like to use this. Uh, people were more likely to say yes, even if the even if what followed the because wasn't a convincing argument. Just simply adding the because made it more likely to happen. Nathan, I'm in Northern California, and I'd like to try this one. Um, may I cut in line because Mercury is retrograde? <laughs> okay, all right. So let's let's try another one. Um, I mean, you see the power of the word because, oh, the one thing I want to add to this is it needs to be plausible, semi-plausible. You you don't want to count on a statement like, uh, you'll really enjoy this course because this is the 50th anniversary of the Summer of Love in San Francisco. What? <laughs> you know, you know, there's got to be a, a shred of, of plausibility there. Okay, plausibility meaning can someone believe it? And let's try another one. There's very simple stuff, again, like the word and. When you string two sentences together with the word and, it has a very subtle way of implying that the first thing caused the second thing. And that has a persuasive effect. So let me read you two sentences with no and, and then I'll put the and in it and just sort of monitor your responses, Nathan, if you would, and see if you notice a difference. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. This book gives you a lot of information to help your business. It has changed the lives of millions. Okay. And here's the hypnotic form. This book gives you lots of information to help your business, and it has changed the lives of millions. Oh, yeah. So the two separate sentences, they're almost like two separate ideas, but by combining them with the and, it merges the two ideas into one. Right. And the unconscious mind cannot stand having, it's, it's like a, it's like a, a matchmaker on Adderall or something. It cannot stand there not being a relationship between those two sentences when the word and is in there. So it has to say, oh, well, that must mean that one caused the other. Okay, now I feel better. Now mm. I've done my job. Now I've now I've assessed the relationship. Which is crazy because now they're convincing themselves rather than you saying... Oh. Now you're starting to understand hypnosis. Very good. <laughs> so it's their idea, not you trying to convince them. Now it's it's an idea that they take ownership over. Bingo, sir. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's why it's so powerful. It's not like some salesman out of Glengarry Glen Ross beating the emotional crap out of a customer. It's simply leading them where they want to go. Hey, let me ask you a question. Does it take you too long to write your copy? And if it does, have you ever wished you had a proven system to write it faster? Well, if that describes you, then you'll want to know about high-speed copywriting. This is a home study program that has helped a lot of people write profitable sales letters in as little as five hours. No, it's not a bunch of shortcut tricks that leave you with cookie-cutter sales letters that people can ignore. 
It's about writing full-fledged, memorable, response-getting sales letters much faster than it usually takes. It's tested and proven, too. High-speed copywriting will ease you through putting together an original, powerful sales letter and putting it together in record time. You can find out more at highspeedcopywriting.com. By the way, this is one of the very few programs that Bond and Kevin Halbert have given their Halbert seal of approval to. So check it out today, highspeedcopywriting.com. Thank you. And now back to our show. So let's go into the third one, which means, which means, and again, this is about connecting two sentences. So the unconscious mind looks for causality, what causes what. The unconscious mind is also always in search of meaning, okay? And you'll, you'll see how powerful this is. Here, here are the ordinary two sentences. I've spent decades putting together the best possible system. People who haven't been able to get it before can now succeed, okay? Now let's put which means in there. I've spent decades putting together the best possible system, which means people who haven't been able to get it before can now succeed. Yeah. What was the difference for you? It was very similar to to adding the and because now it makes the two ideas one. And uh, it, it again, it it just makes it it's like you're saying the unconscious mind grabs the the result of the second sentence and automatically assigns it to the causation of the first sentence. You know, when, when Victor Frankl wrote man's search for meaning, I'm sure he had loftier things in mind, but it, it's also a good thing to remember in terms of persuasion. The unconscious mind is constantly seeking out meaning. And if you can direct it to meanings that are help make your case, help advance your sale, you can do well. And yeah, just just remember the law of the chicken if you're thinking of doing something wrong. Okay, um, and then don't do anything wrong. Okay, let's see. Uh, here's another one. Every time, this phrase, every time, ve- very powerful. So you can say, do this regularly and you'll see constant progress. Okay, now here it is with the hypnotic phrase. Every time you do this regularly, you'll see constant progress. Comments? Um, I'm a little bit scared of this one because it's more solid. It's more, it's more confident. But then I, I worry about using the term every time because I, I worry, is that making a promise that's too big? Yeah, well, and, and right. And you should only use it when you're confident that it's a solid promise. Okay, so the two ideas, the two ideas take care of themselves then. Yeah, okay. And then um, let's try one more word, you know, one of the Rudyard Kipling's five W's and an H, the word when, when. So here's the ordinary version. Do this regularly and you'll see constant progress. And then here's the lightly hypnotic version. When you do this regularly, you'll see constant progress. Oh, see, you know what? I like when a lot better than every time and just do, because when you do this regularly, it, uh, it gives that same punch that every time does, but it does it without, without 
for me at least, it, it seems like more of a realistic promise. And I don't know why. It seems like the exact same thing, but the win out of all three, the win you do this regularly seems to have the most hypnotic power. Yeah, and and geez, you know, I mean, part of this is it does slip in under the radar and you know, every time is slightly offensive to you and, and to me too. And some, you know, I, I know there are very few things that are absolute. Um, but sometimes you need to give people a little push. And I, I think, I think that, you know, the, the statement I made, if we're talking about practice, exercise, drills, every time you do this regularly, you'll see constant progress is pretty much true. Now there is such thing as the inchworm effect and plateauing, but you know, um, Anyway, uh, I'm glad you like when. What about the word if? Um, well, give me an example. If you do this regularly, you'll see constant progress. If is um, sort of an intellectual word. That, that's like a conditional word that it engages the conscious mind more than the unconscious mind. What we're going for here is engaging the unconscious mind. Gotcha. So when, when would win out over if? Absolutely. On the other hand, there is a very good lead for copywriting that says, if you blank, 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 then blank, blank, blank. You know, if if you are looking for a terrific way to make money, then this is a letter that you should read very carefully, say. So it's not a bad word to use in copy. It's just not hypnotic. Right. So you need to be uh, you need to be careful about and see, this is this is all just so subtle that um, ah, you got to be careful with it. Well, you know, what's the difference between the violinist Yehudi Menuhin and the second year violin student? They're playing the same notes. It's basically in the subtleties, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So th- these things are worth learning. Okay, let's talk about hypnotic sentence structures. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, I believe there's a technical term for this. No, I'm not going to cuss. <laughs> there, there's a technical term for this. Uh, it's called a double bind. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't really get into the technical terms, but that just occurred to me. So I thought I'd mention it. The, the phrase here is the more, the more. It, 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 again, it sets up a causality in the unconscious mind. It sets up a rule about how life works in a specific situation. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. The more you listen to copywriters podcast, the more you'll make extra money with your copy. Mm, very subtle, David. Yeah. I mean, if I just said, listen to copywriters podcast, make money with your copy, it wouldn't have the same effect. No, it wouldn't. And uh, also a very nice plug for the show. Well, yes, of course. I mean, we would be derelict in our duties if we did (laughs) not have a promotional attitude about a show about promotional writing, wouldn't we? (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's let's do another one. Another hypnotic sentence structure is called a reframe. There are, are many types of reframes, but here's an easy one to learn. It's not that blank. It's that blank. And this is an old one. You've probably seen this around for decades. Um, if you've been in, in the world of buying or selling advertising, it's not that advertising is a cost. It's that advertising brings more money into your business. Mm. Yeah. I, uh, you mentioned earlier that I'm an, uh, I'm a libertarian and people 
often accuse me of of uh, not wanting any kind of government, and um, I often use a reframe in that. I say it's not that I trust my neighbors with absolute freedom; it's that I don't trust politicians with absolute power. That that's a very good reframe. You got me one one closer to jumping off the cliff myself now, Nathan. <laughs> nice. All right. <laughs> okay. Here's a third one. Um, as you blank, you blank. This this is um, I mean, this comes out of out of trance, and this is why someone you know trance language, trance induction language, and this is why someone listening to this really should not be operating heavy machinery or you know having anything at Starbucks that costs more than $5 because that's dangerous just to your health. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. So if you were doing uh, clinical hypnosis trance work, you might say, as you relax, you um, start to notice a sense of peace comes over you. And if the hypnotist is any good, someone will start to relax and feel a sense of peace coming over them. Okay. But you can you you can use this outside of that context too in your copy. And let's say let's say you had a course on oh I don't know how about a course on copywriting, and you could say in your copy as you study this material, you find that your confidence increases exponentially. So let's let's kind of unpack that one a little bit. Why sure. why do you think it is? Why is that one so powerful? What is it that that correlates the two? Good question. I think there's two things going on. I think I'll, I'll get to the second one, which is familiar. I'll get to the one that's familiar second. The first thing that's going on is you're putting the person in the present moment, imagining experience, imagining an experience. As you do this, you do this. Basically, as you experience this, you experience this. So that pulls them out of the future, the past, worry, anxiety, analysis, all of those, you know, frontal, cerebral, cortical things and into their animal mammal brain or into their brain stem. It, It puts them into a simpler place by bringing them into the present. The second thing is, even though it sounds like they're happening at the same time, it is still implying causality. Mm-hmm. As you do this, this happens. So as you do A, B happens. So A causes B. But it doesn't sound like a math equation. It just sounds like conversation. As you study this material, you find that your confidence in- increases exponentially. Now notice, I didn't put it in the past or the future. I didn't say, as you studied this material, you found that your confidence increased exponentially. I didn't say, as you study this material, you will find your confidence increases exponentially. Those things weaken that particular structure. So I keep everything in the present, in the present tense. Okay, that's awesome. Okay, so let's let's talk about hypnotic techniques. And these, these are beyond sentence structures or individual phrases. One is what's known as an open loop. It's also known as the Zagarnik effect. And in the entertainment industry, it's also known as a cliffhanger. Zagarnik was a Russian psychologist, and she did experiments. She found that people pay more attention, and they remember better when you leave them hanging in the middle of a story with any uncompleted task is what she found. But not being able to finish a story you're listening to, even if you're not the one telling the story, if you're listening to it, that will 
turn on a radar in your mind where you'll start looking for the ending of that story. And meanwhile, you'll soak in everything else that comes afterwards. So if you tell a story and you say, I was at a fork in the road and I, I didn't know what to do when in one direction I saw you know, a herd of gray wolves in the other direction, I saw some hunters and they were starting to look very hostily at me. Oh man. And then I say, but, but before I tell you what happened, and now all you can do is listen until you find out whether the hunters killed the wolves or whether you drove past the hunters or, or whether you pulled out your own gun or whatever happened, right? You know, you gotta, gotta get some completion there. So that is the, um, open loop Zagarnik effect. So when it comes to writing copy, uh, how is this implemented? Is it something that you would put in a headline? Would it be something that is part of your hook? If you're doing an email, how, how would, how would people um, implement this? Well, you would use it every place in your copy that you could. Um, I mean, when you look at the old John Capel's headline, they laughed when I sat down at the piano, but when I began to play, boy, that's an open loop, isn't it? What what the hell happened when they began? Did they began to to you know uh, cackle uproariously? Did they run from the room? Did they start applauding? Right, you don't know. And uh, so you can use it in the headline. You can certainly use it in opening story. You can even use it, you know in part of the copy where you're describing the benefits or you're telling a story, um, you, you just have to find a place where it works. So basically it's something that teases and gives the reader a reason to continue going on. Absolutely. Yes. And then the, the second thing is um, embedded commands and embedded commands is where you put a statement inside a larger sentence. You put a statement inside a larger sentence in such a way that it seems like you're being descriptive, but you're actually directing someone to do something. Okay, this one's, uh, I think this one's a little bit deeper. I'm going to need some more explanation for it. Okay, so let's say you have a weight loss clinic and you'd like to use this particular technique to help people change their behaviors, their eating behaviors. Okay. So you, you have a couple of choices. You could say, stop eating processed foods and things with a lot of sugar in them. Or you could say, I was wondering how many of you thought that it would be a good idea to stop eating processed foods and things with a lot of sugar in them mm. if uh, you wanted to lose weight. Could I see a show of hands? Well, in the process of presenting information and asking a question, you've also issued a direct command to the person's unconscious mind. Wow. So you're, you're telling them what to do, but you're, you're, putting it in a way that it doesn't sound like you're telling what, them what to do, even though the exact same words in the exact same order were used in both instances. That's correct. And I, I feel like this works really well with a paradox of human nature. People don't want to be told what to do, but they desperately seek guidance. They really have no clue what to do in a lot of situations and they'd like someone to help them. But they really, they really don't want, you know, wishy-washy suggestions. So this is a way of packaging, you know, some direction in a way that's palatable for people. 
So you sent me over some notes and you kind of gave like a ham-fisted example and then an embedded command example. Do you want to go over those real quick? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So let's say I'm giving a talk to some people about, oh, I don't know, copywriting. <laughs> and I'm I'm selling copies of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting, in the back of the room. So if I sort of ham-fisted, well, you know, I, I spent 12 years putting this book together and da-da-da, and you want to buy this book, that would be a little ham-fisted. Or I could say, I spent 12 years putting this book together, and we've been talking about copywriting a lot today. And depending on how closely you are paying attention, it may turn out that you want to buy this book. Mm. So it's the same thing. You want to buy this book. But it's it's much subtler, and it it doesn't sound like a a blatant um, dictate. It sounds more like a suggestion, but the blatant dictate is definitely hidden in there. It is, and you know, as I look at this now, I realize something. Actually, even the phrase "you want to buy this book" is uh, there. There's an embedded command in there because the first three words are just covering over the command by this book. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was going to say is a lot of times when I'm working with clients on, on a web copy, instead of click here uh, to buy the book, we would say it may turn out that you want to, and then buy this book would be the link. And that would be the embedded command. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when you come to the end of a sales pitch, you, you can be more direct you know, the level to which you can be direct and uh, not use a lot of these structures has to do with the amount of trust and rapport and familiarity the person has with you. So by the end of a pitch, you could say, uh, if you want the book, click here. And, and that's probably going to work. They're, they're ready to buy it, you know, or they're not. And, and being a little gentler about it isn't going to change that. Yeah, but if it was somewhere in the middle of, like, if I wanted to have a couple of links to the book inside of an article. Ah, in an article, absolutely. Yeah, in an article, you're not supposed to be directive. You're just supposed to be mm -hmm. informative. So if I was trying to sell or lead people to the landing page through the article, it may turn out that you want to buy this book. And then if I put the link under buy this book, that would be a perfect example. And, and we've seen tremendous increase in click-through rates just by doing something like that, rather than if you want to buy this book, click here, just put the link inside of buy this book. Well, I think you know more about this hypnotic languaging than you are letting on, Nathan. I, I do, but uh, again, it's one of those things where do you really want to share this with the unwashed masses? Too late now. <laughs> All right, David, this is oh, this has been a very dangerous episode. Thank you. Yes, and anybody who, you know, they pulled their car over to a Denny's or or maybe for our uh, more affluent listeners, the parking lot of the Four Seasons or wherever you are, um, you can resume your normal life now. You're out of trance and, you know, ready to go persuade people gently. Awesome. What do we have coming up next time? Well, Next time, I want to talk about what I learned from journalism. I was a journalist, not a political journalist, a business journalist, but a journalist nonetheless with journalistic training and journalistic habits. And when I became a copywriter, I had to unlearn some things, but 
some other things came in very handy and I want to talk about that and give people some techniques they can use from the ink-stained wretches of the fourth estate, otherwise known as journalists, reporters, to use in their copy. All right. Well, I feel like you've piqued my interest with an open loop there. David, this has been another fantastic episode. Thank you so much for just uh, spilling out your knowledge, man. Every every week, it's it's uh, it tops the last week. So thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for interviewing me. And, and thanks to you, the listener, for listening. All right, copywriters. We'll catch you next week. Bye. If you found this episode valuable, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. That way you'll never miss a show.